Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. Dave LaGreca and my tag team partner today, the world's strongest man, a world champion in not one, not two, but three different sports. Mark Henry, we have an exciting podcast for you today. First, we talk to Justin Labar with our rumor roundup and two amazing guests. How about this? Ray Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio talk about not only Hispanic Heritage Month, but also the debut at SummerSlam and what's been going on with Seth Rollins and Dominic and the whole Mysterio family right now on the Busted Open podcast. It's the one year anniversary of AEW Dynamite. I mean, one hell of a year. I mean, you think about where they started from and and for 20 years, we couldn't get a wrestling company to draw um, anywhere close to what AEW has been able to do. You know, filled arenas, 10 to 12,000 people and, you know, beating a WWE product on on Wednesday nights. And then the pan, even going through the pandemic and, and in a lot of ways, kind of like setting the course for wrestling during this pandemic. I, I think it's been one hell of a success, successful year, Justin, for AEW. Without a doubt. Uh, and, and maybe we even forget just a little bit of how successful they were doing in their first year because they have you know had to move to the same location during this pandemic and for the majority of it didn't have fans but yeah i mean think back to you know from october through uh, again through almost uh, march when when we everything got put on hold i mean they were selling out a majority of the arenas of the tickets they were making available selling out and they were a brand new product just going mean, you know with with no you know, it's not, it's not like there was, you know, uh, they've been traveling for years and there were cities that were clamoring to get them. They were a brand new thing, which um, is remarkable when you think about it in today's world with live events. So, yeah. And, and you said it, they've kind of been, they've kind of set, I don't want to say set a standard, but we've seen you know, they do something in, in, in terms of, of putting on a show uh, in, in the pandemic. And we've seen, you know, more often than not WWE follow or do something similar. You know, one of the first things was how they shot, how they were shooting the show at, at Daly's place. And then a week or two later, WWE switched how they were filming things at the time at the performance center. And then, uh, you know, we've heard about protocols. So yeah, I mean, I, I, an excellent first year uh, to beat a, you know, even though it is not raw or SmackDown, but still to beat a WWE product head to head more weeks than not. Uh, and it's not like it's a, it's not like it's a BS product. NXT puts their heart and soul. They got a hell of a roster and they're in terms of competing for the same type of audiences as dynamite is. So yeah, it's a great first year. I mean, obviously there's, there's things you can critique if we want to go down the hole of doing so, but on the grand scheme of things and for numbers and for coming out the gate, uh, you really can't ask for much better of a first year, especially throw a global pandemic into it. And they still manage to thrive and get some excellent viewer number viewership numbers out of it. And they seem to be, I think, getting into that comfort zone on Wednesdays because I think lately, 
you know, with NXT, I mean, they've been, it's pretty solid. Like, I don't even, I said with Bully yesterday, Justin, I want to get your take on it. I th- I don't think we can really call it a Wednesday night war anymore. Like, I know the fans enjoyed that, and it was something that was great talk show fodder here on Busted Open, but um, I, I think even though those two shows are on at the same time, I, I really don't think you can <clears throat> call it a war when, you know, basically AEW is pretty much dominated that Wednesday night. And it seems like well over a hundred thousand people more are tuning into AEW over NXT. Yeah. You know, you take a look at this past week, for example, again, dynamite, you know, both shows had a slight increase from the week before, but you know, dynamite 866, thousand uh compared to uh nxt uh getting 732,000 and nxt is on a go-home show for uh, a takeover um so yeah i mean you know i mean can you call it a war because one's dominating I mean, look wcw dominated WWE for what 83 straight weeks and we still refer to it as a war uh, i mean I, I think if you ask both companies they probably don't want to want to engage it in a war because they are just trying to do their thing um you know i mean aew can tout and, and glow that they are you know winning the key demo they are winning the overall viewership but yeah I, it, it kind of feels to me actually that if you actually honestly talk to a lot of fans if you can get them really to step out of whatever their shtick is on social media most fans would actually rather than these shows be on different nights as we've discussed mm-hmm. you know because it's like kind of like you know because both because fans want to engage and absorb and everything live as it's happening and talk about it live as it's happening but it's hard to you know you can't you can't get the full um you can't get both shows in full when you're having to simultaneously flip back and forth or even if you're watching two screens you can only hear and take in so much at a time so i think even fans if you honestly ask them they're happy to have all this content but i think they would rather have the option the ability to to not have to split their time uh, live as it's happening. So, yeah, I mean, war, no war, I don't know. Um, but whatever you call it, AEW is doing well in it. Um, Justin, I know you're a part of the NXT um, uh, press conference with Triple H uh, yesterday and pertains to what's going to be taking place on Sunday with NXT TakeOver. And it seems like there's some interesting news about what's going to take place with NXT TakeOver 31. Yeah, so we did the call with him on on uh, Wednesday afternoon, and there was something he said. You know, he, he you know, obviously uh, Paul Levesque you know, speaks a lot. He goes to all the matches. He you know he gives just his comments on on you know the kind of the state of NXT, if you will, and then of course engages in a lot of questions. So there's a lot to there's a lot to hear from him. There was something that caught my ear as soon as he said it, and I didn't get a chance to really follow up much to him on it, but it caught my ear, and I was like. That's interesting. And I think we have a clip here for, uh, for everybody to listen to. It's a brief clip. And, and this is this is on the tail end of him speaking for several minutes. He went through all the matches, hyped up all the matches. Uh, and then he had something to say about uh, just the overall environment and how this show is going to come off this Sunday. Oh, I don't think we I don't think they have the sound. Oh, but didn't never get mind. Didn't you the email. Well, yeah, but well, they, yeah no, so basically he. So basically, he talks about how this Sunday is going to be uh, unique. He said it's going to be unique, like we've never seen with a takeover before, and uh, that it's going to be a game changer. Uh, he said he said he's not going to say anymore. We have to wait till Sunday. It basically it immediately caught my ear. I said this isn't going to be taking place at Full Sail. This does not sound like a takeover that is going to be happening uh, at Full Sail. And then, as myself and I know others in the in the community have all been kind of trying to dig and trying to you know uh, try to get a little. Um, trying to get a little insight. This is not going to take place at full sale. This takeover will not be at full sale university. And it doesn't sound like it's going to be in the Thunderdome at Amway center. So, um, and and I can tell you at least, yeah, at least as of last night, it's, um, 
at least as of last night, it's, it sounds like they're somewhat playing this a little close to the vest that they're not, that there's not like some major memo that's going around saying this is where it is at. It sounds like they're, uh, it sounds like a majority of people know, okay, it's not at full sale as it normally is. Uh, stay tuned. Um, the performance center, I guess it did go, they did have some uh, renovations and upgrades at the performance center. So there's been uh, speculation that it's going to, that's going to happen there. There's also, we've also been knowing that WWE as a whole has been entertaining and investigating in uh, ex- external locations, outside locations they could go to, uh, away from where they've been kind of like what AEW has done with daily center and kind of maybe put up a residency. Uh, what I find unique about this, Dave, is that if they, if they, if they were to go to an outdoor location, fine, makes sense, right? Outdoor open air. That's, that's deemed safer. Maybe even can expedite the process of getting fans. If they end up going and making the new home for NXT productions, um, then, and it goes to performance center, then that's curious to me. Why would you leave full sale to go to the performance center? Is that, is that yeah. something with full, is that something with full sale saying, Hey, look, you guys have had some COVID tests or, 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 or worries. Like we, we'd rather you not be on property or, you know, I, I, and I'm just speculating. I, I have no idea. I'm just, but I'm curious if they were to go from full sale to performance center, that's not really a, an upgrade it's in the no. sense of space or anything in that. So that's what I, I'm curious to see how this takeover looks, how they present it is the format, majorly different compared to what we've seen. Uh, you know, I don't know. Well, first of all, Justin, I apologize because you're starting to learn what we've already known about guns, but we do have the sound <laughs> now from Triple H because to kind of bounce off of what you just said, Justin, because what you said is interesting about where and what exactly we're going to see on Sunday at TakeOver. And I think the biggest thing, even more than just the words he says, is how he says it and how excited he sounds while he's saying it. So let's listen in to you know, Justin from the uh, telephone conference from Wednesday afternoon with Triple H. This Sunday's TakeOver will have a very unique look and feel something totally different that hasn't been done so far. You'll find out more on Sunday, but it will be very unique. And I think um, hopefully at least for us, game changing. And wow. I mean, game, game changing. changing. Yeah. The game and, saying and, it's game changing and triple H, you know, we've, we've heard a lot of triple H's promos over the years. Um, that sounds a little bit more exciting than what we usually hear from Triple H when he's on the microphone on WWE programming. He sounds excited about what's going to take place on Sunday. And then you do hear game changing, Justin. I think this is going to be this is something I'm really looking forward to. And I think it might even put more eyes on TakeOver on Sunday because, look, it, I think they really blew a lot of people's minds. I, I think they won me over with the Thunderdome. Like, you know, in this like crazy time of the, of this virus and everything that's going on. I think the Thunderdome is extremely unique and very, very has a great look. And I think it's been perfect. A lot of the times, Justin, I forget that there isn't fans in attendance with, with at least seeing something out there and hearing some noise. I'm really looking forward to what's going to happen on Sunday with takeover. Yeah, I, I am too. And I, I think this is kind of a nice little boost that was needed because look, this is the takeover that's unaccompanied. You know, normally takeovers are always, uh, you know, lined up with the major Raw and SmackDown pay-per-views. Uh, this is not, yeah. this is standing alone. Uh, the last time they did a takeover standalone, they had it heavily gimmicked uh, with nostalgia with the in your house. So this yeah. is a takeover 31 um, standing on its own, somewhat abrupt. You know, we just had the SummerSlam weekend uh, a month ago. Also to, 
to to emphasize the abruptness is all the changes they've had to combat with. You know, you crown a new champion in, in, in Karrion Cross, and he's injured right there, so you have to change the title there. Keith Lee, I don't know how much time they knew, but Keith Lee, you know, on a great run, but then he goes to Raw. You know, the, you know, the, the obviously the COVID the COVID scares and, and, and okay, we have to, you know, just contact trace and temporarily let's have some people sit on the sidelines for precaution. So this is, to me, this is not an ideal takeover considering all those factors. Uh, I, I have no doubt the matches are going to deliver and we'll see how it all translates booking wise. But so to add something like this, this certainly, uh, you know, gets me more hyped up to see, okay, what for him to use the term game changer yes. on a recorded call with the, with the wrestling media there. And, they, and we, we're going to listen to every word. We're going to take every quote and every headline. So to use yeah. the words game changer, that's uh, that can't be on accident from, uh, from Paul Levesque. And a lot of stuff haven't been busted, you know, like right now I'm still like, I, I, I'm afraid to open up anything on social media. Cause I don't want to know. Yeah. I, I don't want people to spoil it. Like, please don't do that. Like, Let's enjoy and and just have that. Can we just have that, please? And I think we will. I think if there's ever a time where they can close something off, Mark, it's right now. Because, um, you know, with with limited people being having access to those things, I think more now now more than ever, they might be able to keep a tight lid on something like that. And maybe just maybe because we started off talking about the ratings with AEW and AEW's first year with NXT. Maybe this is game changing for NXT moving forward. Like maybe this is going to be unique and different different for NXT because, hey, I'm sure Paul Levesque, Triple H, is probably going back and he's probably not that happy about the dominance over this last year of AEW over NXT. So he has to deal with loss of talent, like Justin said, injuries, like Justin said as well. So maybe a game-changing look for the show might be more pleasing to the eye and might attract more viewers to the product. And to that, the that comment sounds of the- great. Yeah, it does. And, and Dave, to the comment of a close set, you're right, because because you can uh, try to keep things in the know. I'm ha- like, I mean, I'm happy that I can you know, talk about and, 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 and let people know that there's going to be something different, that it's not going to be full sale. But I'm also happy that I don't know the specifics of the exact because yep. I'm excited to be surprised. So, uh, right. yeah, you know, tune in Sunday. We, 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 you know, we know from just from what Triple H said there in the call and, and, and you know, from what I've been able to find that it, it's going to be different. So you have that to look forward to. But I don't know. I, maybe they're recreating a different version of a Thunderdome somewhere else for NXT's look and purposes. Maybe they got a whole different concept that's going to mind blow us. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, this is this I'm is excited exciting. About uh, it nonetheless. Absolutely. I am too. I'm very, very excited about what we're going to see on Sunday. Uh, I know uh, Wrestling Inc., and you're a big part of Wrestling Inc., Justin. I know Wrestling Inc. Uh, had some news as well when it comes to third party in regards to the WWE. It's something that's been going on for weeks now. We've talked about it here on this show, especially how popular uh, Twitch is with a lot of the superstars. What's the latest uh, in regards to that story from Wrestling Inc.? Yeah, and just to give people some some backstory here of credibility, you know, Wrestling Inc. They were the first ones to break break the first story a couple of weeks ago about uh, you know Vince McMahon um, starting to lay down the law, saying he wasn't wasn't crazy about his talents engaging in these third party. Um, you know, streaming and, and, and cameos and such. Uh, so wrestling's really been on top of this. So uh, yeah, the, the latest exclusive that we put out yesterday, Wrestling Inc. did 
is that uh, today, October 2nd, is the deadline uh, for talent needing, and they were given this deadline a few weeks ago. This is the deadline of talent needing to uh, communicate to to the office and sever any unauthorized business relationship. So if WWE's office hasn't given you the okay to move forward, you need to cut it off, especially using your, um, your, your character name, if that's the case. Uh, but now taking a step further, it, it sounds like with Twitch, um, with, with Twitch specifically, as we're hearing that in the next month, WWE is going to take over the management and control of talents, Twitch accounts. They're going to give a revenue share, a revenue split to the talent. Cause I remember that was, they, they, they generate a hell of a re- hell of a bit of revenue from these streaming channels. They're going to give the talent some of that revenue, but what's, if what's what we're hearing and, and, and is that revenue that they give is going to count towards the talent's downside guarantee. So if you're a talent that's told we're your downside guarantee for a year is, is, is 300,000 supposedly, at least right now things can change, but supposedly the, the, the memo they're putting out is that this, that the revenue you get from these is going to count towards that. So, um, you know, we'll see, you know, this has been a hot button issue and, you know, uh, former democratic presidential candidate, Andrew Yang, he's been openly, uh, openly criticizing WWE in the last few weeks since the first wrestling story coming out saying this is wrong. These guys are independent contractors. Guys and girls are independent contractors. Uh, and he and he retweeted uh, the story that wrestling put out yesterday. This is the story that I'm reading uh, to you right now. And and he and he continues to say this is um, this is this is this is nonsense. You know these these guys and girls are afraid to speak out, but uh, this is exploitation of them as independent contractors. So this is a story that's not going away. <laughs> bottom line, uh, anytime soon. And again, I would think that this is something you would hope that like it could it could be ever changing. It could change with time as well. But thank you, Justin, and thank Wrestling Inc. Uh, for for sharing that story. Um, big fan of what Wrestling Inc. does. Uh, what we're seeing on Sunday with. Um, a, um, NXT TakeOver 31 isn't the only big show this weekend. Saturday night, Justin, we have Impact Victory Road. Um it's going to be without somebody that's been a big part of that roster over the last year, and that's Rob Van Dam, who's, I, I guess, now officially gone from Impact Wrestling. Yeah, he and Katie Forbes seem to be gone. Um, it doesn't seem like there's anything. It doesn't seem like there was a major car crash ending that that, that that threw him out the door. That it was messy. It just seems like you know he had a he had the deal that he did, and, and now it's up. Um, you know, obviously, anybody's ever spoken or worked with RVD knows he, he's just you know by nature and, and 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 gimmick. He's just a laid back guy. Doesn't get too worked up. And really, from from interviews, he, you know, he did. He's done interviews with with Wrestling Inc. He's done you know some some conversations. He doesn't really seem like in this stage of his career that he's you know, looking necessarily to be committed long-term to any one thing right now in wrestling. I think he's kind of uh, enjoying maybe just, you know, did his run at impact for, for the, for the year that he did. And, and now, you know, we'll see what's next. Um, obviously he's still a commodity in my opinion. So I, I think that there's uh, no shortage of opportunity for what he could do if he wants to do, if something WWE or AEW, let's say had for him, that was interesting to him and, and fit in the, a timetable and, and workload that he's willing to take on. So that's exciting in that regard. He still can, he's still physically a great athlete can perform as we've seen in the, in the ring and impact. So uh, I, I don't see him just disappearing completely. Uh, again, it's just a matter of who or what he's, you know, willing to do. What is he willing to do at this stage in his career? Um, 
also given too that it's you know you're in a pandemic and so he's a guy that played real big off the crowd with the rvd yep. and with his mannerisms he doesn't have i mean you know aew's got a little bit of fans again we're waiting to see what does nxt what does WWE do in the next coming months so i think that's also something to take in consideration he is a very heavy fan engagement performer and that's handicapped right now so i, I think that's something to keep in mind uh it, it, trying to factor in his decision making Good stuff. I know, Mark, you had some questions for Justin as far as some opinionated questions for Justin this morning. Yeah, I, 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 Ray Mysterio and Dominic are coming on the show, and we, you know, that was, you know, it's Spanish Heritage Month. Um, do you have a, a Ray Mysterio uh, thought or story? Like, he's one of the guys that I feel like is, he's number one on my list. And uh, he was number one on Tommy Dreamer's list. Uh, I think he's, you know, uh, what did you say, fourth? On Four on mine. Yep. Yep. Like, uh, where where would Ray Mysterio uh, stand with you as a test of time of all the top uh, Latin wrestlers of all time? I mean, he's up there. I, I you know I, to to make the ranking right off the top of my head. I I, I can't give you the exact number, but he's up there. I I think, and, and never mind, even just to 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 Latin community. I just just to wrestling as a whole. I, yeah. I can tell you this. Um, you know, as a uh, as a white kid growing up in, in in Maryland, outside of Washington D.C., I had he, as a kid, he was a he was a huge exposure to me. Uh, of different wrestling culture and just different culture in general. When he first came on my TV in the mid nineties. Uh, and I'll never forget that. I'll never, you know, th- I, he was the first time I'd ever seen Lucha Libre. You know, I had never seen, you know, I, because of, uh, I had never seen any tapes or anything really of, of anything else uh, re- even resembling what he does. You know, when I first saw him having the matches that he had, you know, first in WCW, and then I made a point to find out how to go back and find people that had footage of him in ECW. Um, I never seen things that he was doing. And so I, and I learned a lot more as I started trying to do the best research you could then. And then as the internet became more of a thing, you know, he's always been one who I've uh, been fascinated to uh, Google, to Wikipedia, to, to find tapes of, to learn about. And then on a personal note, I can say this, he, for a guy who's, you know, for a guy who's, you know, won the titles he's won he's performed at wrestlemania i mean he's he's done everything there is to do uh in wrestling uh i want to say it was about five six years five years ago or so for a guy of that high caliber talent i went out to los angeles uh and was uh in attendance for the the season finale of season two of lucha underground which he was a part of and it was a great experience everybody out there was fantastic the el rey people the lucha underground people um and at one point i got to do an interview uh in the, in, in the on the set with ray and he was one of the nicest, most professional, most professional people I'd ever interviewed. Never mind again, wrestlers, just professional people. And, and for a guy of, of how the, his stature, he took time to ask me questions off the air, just you know, asking me, "Is your mm-hmm. first time here?" This and that. He didn't need to do that. He he, he did gave me a great fifteen minute interview. I was more than ready for him just to shake my hand and say thank you and, and move on about his busy day. And he stuck around for five minutes, you know, and just. And that always stuck with me, as I think you know, any of us can relate to when you have uh, meeting somebody in person for the first time. First impressions are big. And so I'll never forget that. So that's you know, him as a whole, to me, wrestling as a whole, Latin community, wherever you want to measure him, he's going to be on top of the list. Justin, just so you know, I've had conversations with Dave in the past, and I, I had a conversation with Gabby yesterday. Ray Mysterio is the nicest wrestler ever born. There's never been a nicer professional wrestler 
that I've met in 25 years. Never in my life have I heard a story, a comment, anything negative about Rey Mysterio. It's always been, wow, what a sweet dude. Man, he's really cool. And the thing about it is a lot of times when people are nice, you take their niceness or kindness as a weakness. In pro wrestling, everybody looks at Rey Mysterio like a dad. Like, you can go and talk to Rey and Rey will go, well, this is the way I see it. You know, it might not be perfect. It might not be right. But this, and, and he talks to you in a way nobody, nobody reveres Rey Mysterio more than the wrestling community. And, and that meaning the wrestlers, the, his peers. Like, everybody thinks highly of Ray. He is the nicest guy I think I ever met in the business. Wow. I believe that, Mark. If I ever heard somebody tell me a story of Ray Mysterio acting negative towards them, then I immediately would assume, okay, what did you do to him? Did you slap in his face? Did you walk up and, like, I would assume disrespect because there's no way that you can just walk up to him and just respectfully approach him that I can ever envision him giving anything back other than respect, you know, in return. Like, and I, I believe that obviously Mark, you, you, you've been around him many years. You worked with them. Uh, that, yeah. that makes total sense. I mean, he, and I think it's, I think it's so cool too, because obviously again, his, his whole career stick has been, you know, he, you know, he, he's, he's got, he, you know, he's got the heart of a giant, Never mind what his size is. He's got the heart of a giant and he's so over the yeah. top with the mask, the, the, the wardrobe, what he can do in the ring. And I, and I think again, when you, when you speak to him and he's so soft spoken, you know, he just, he doesn't get, amped up or rattled by anything it doesn't seem at least again from my brief experience and it just that's no. so amazing that he can then flip a switch and be so big in every other measurement when he's out there in front of a, an audience and in front of a camera wow and, and just the last thing oh go ahead mark. come on yeah i'm really looking for forward to come on to 11 o'clock, Mark, 11 o'clock, Ray Mysterio and Dominic. Last thing before you let you go, Justin, thanks for the time, man. We're taking you a long time today. And thanks for getting the show back on track, because I got to be honest <laughs> with you, Justin. The first hour of this show, and I blame Mark, uh, quite frankly. Uh, <laughs> oh, com 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 completely off the track, but thanks for look, getting to us be, back look, on. Look to, look, to be fair, I need a new set of windshield wipers. It's, it's been a rough time here <laughs> in Pittsburgh. And to be fair... I've been looking out going, what are those damn leaves going to do? Are they just sitting there staring at me back here through the window? So, I mean, so the first hour They're was very fall. educational to me. Very educational to me. Thank you. <laughs> hey, but when you know, you know said, what was funnier? <laughs> what was funnier was the fact that he was telling Angel that, hey, man, you need to go out and get those. There's snow. And it's never going to snow in Puerto Rico. Never know. <laughs> 2020 has been such a crazy year. You never know. But when, when I'm talking about oh, leaves, man. about leaves falling, and Mark said, well, that's what they do. I mean, you know, that's when Mark Henry, that's, that kind of throws you off the track. But, and Mark, did you, did you say that just naturally or like, were you trying to be funny and say it as a reference to, to your funny? Okay. Yeah. I mean, work. <laughs> it, it definitely they, worked because I lost red. it for 10 minutes. For 10 minutes. Because that's what I do. <laughs> it's crying for 10 minutes. Really quick. No retribution this week, Justin. Uh, it's, yeah. It's very interesting. Like, you know, I sent out the tweet about them signing the contract and T-Bar actually like responded to my tweet. It was, it was really bizarre. And then we don't see them on Monday at all. 
and I, uh, do you think that's kind of like, my, and Mark said this earlier on the show, do you think that might be a way of just like cooling the engines with retribution? I mean, there's been so much negativity, so much flack with retribution over the last week. Do you think that maybe keeping, keeping them off the show is just to kind of cool things down a little bit because of all the negativity? Uh, well, I do have it on good note that they're they're using their PTO days again. They're using the vacation days that they got in their contracts that they <laughs> early on, man. Um, <laughs> you know, if we if we didn't if we had absolutely no mention of them, I'd say maybe. But because we got that brief little when the hurt business was out there in the ring, because we got that brief, yeah, you know, the logos and the lights, everything. Uh, no, I, I mean, I feel like that, that there's they're still going to stay the course. But if, had there been no mention, I would have said, ah, maybe we're maybe we're calling an audible here, but. Um, I, I don't know. I, I you know, and I saw him. I saw him <laughs> retweet your comments, and I, I just like it. Just the, the wording of all of his different tweets, and I, again, I, I don't want to like. I I never want to see any talent fail. That's not the kind of no of wrestling not. person I am. No, but it's no. just like it's like it, when you're saying. <laughs> we have these contracts and we're and they're paying us because it's it's cheaper to pay us than all the bodies that we're gonna you know lay out in security but we still want the company to fail it's like well buddy if the company fails they can't sign no checks like <laughs> where, where's your story at here you know like, i don't know no checks no, and, and then too responding to the ratings like you know it, you know uh you know alvarez you know tweets out aew and nxt's ratings and then he talks about the ratings for raw it's just it's a very very bizarre listen it hasn't started off well but like bully's very very hopeful that they can turn things around i know mark is always very positive and very hopeful that maybe things can turn around and and maybe justin they will maybe they have something you know up their sleeve that we haven't seen yet that can kind of turn things around for retribution well and keep in mind too uh, i believe october 9th and 12th it's coming up here in about a week or a little, a little over a week that you know th- th- we are going to have the draft we've been hearing rumors that there was gonna be a draft in october they finally gave us the dates they've only said it's gonna be raw and smackdown up to this point uh but i think those are about the date it's right about the time period that where you know if retribution has uh, been off camera as we are led to believe for precautionary reasons related to to covids and, and positive cases this would be about the time that they'd be clear to come back in so who knows what they could do to try to, to, to try to uh, create havoc with the draft. So, you know, yeah, I want, I'm the same as Mark and bully. I want to try to be hopeful here. I don't want to just bury it in the ground and, and put the, put the headstone on it, but uh, they got some work to do uh, to come back from how they've started this. Well, Justin, uh, once again, another great segment, love having you on for Fridays and uh, appreciate the time as always. And we'll talk to you next week. Awesome guys. Thank you. Hey everyone. This is Lisa Ann and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, the Lisa Ann experience. This is my chance to share with you my experiences past and present, including how I went from living in the fantasy world of adult films to talking fantasy sports on Sirius XM. Each week I'll introduce you to some of the people I've met on my journey and invite friends on to help me read through the endless ridiculousness that lands in my inbox. New episodes are available every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app and Apple Podcasts. I think we have uh, Ray and Dominic Mysterio live with us right now here on Busted Open. And boy, like, you know, Ray, you've been on the show several times. You're you're one of the greats. But I, I got to start off the interview talking to Dominic because, Dom- Be because, because Dominic is when you have your debut match at SummerSlam. And 
And a lot of people are coming out and say that's one of the greatest debut matches in the history of pro wrestling. First, Ray, you as a father, I'm sure, is as proud as proud it can be. And Dominic, for you, I mean, you, your debut matches at SummerSlam, for crying out loud, and then all these cynical journalists are saying you had one of the greatest debuts of all time. You have to be proud as well. Oh, I definitely am. And I'm, uh, I'm still, you know, blown away by the fact that I had to date, not that I had to, I had was given the opportunity to be able to debut at SummerSlam with someone like Seth Rollins, you know, it's, it's still mind blowing and I'm truly blessed and forever thankful. Dave mentioned that, uh, that Ray was the rookie of the year in 92 and what would it be like to have your son, Ray, be the rookie? Because right now, Dominic is leading the discussion as the rookie of the year for this year. Mm -hmm. To have wow. two Mysterios be rookie wow. of the year, that's got to be an awesome feeling. How do you feel about okay. that? Oh, yeah, Mark. Uh, you know, uh, to, to see my son... Uh, develop his in-ring talent in such short amount of time uh, has been incredible. You know, uh, like Dominic said, he was he was given an opportunity to debut at SummerSlam, and he took advantage of it. I was nervous as hell. I was nervous as hell. You know, <laughs> wanted to make sure, like like a like a dad is with their kids. You know, yeah. when they're taking the first baby steps, I wanted to make sure that everything came out good and looked clean and that he put on a good performance. And, uh, I mean, he, he blew my mind away when I saw the results, you know, and leading into that, every time he steps in the ring, it, it doesn't seem like this is his first steps. You know, it just seems like, uh, it, there's a gift within him that he's, uh, he's, displaying it in the ring every time he steps in there. So I would be truly blessed for my son to be picked up as rookie of the year. Well, I mean, everybody thinks that our game is all physical. Um, the one thing that I want that I recognized right off the bat was how focused Dominic was. You can see it in his eyes. And, there, you know, we, we all have that moment where you get a little lost and you can't, you know, really – uh, see what's next, but it, it didn't happen very many times. I've seen the mental focus being really, really good, and um, I know being a dad that we overdo it sometimes. Like, yeah. hey, you got to be ready for this. You got to be ready for this. And oh yeah, did, did you did you have a lot of conversations with him about the mental aspect of the game? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the things that really threw me off is it just, you know, Mark, putting a match together has a lot of, uh, there's a lot of uh, pieces that we have to make sure uh, are in the match. And if, if I had to remind my son every time he was stepping in the ring, like every little thing that I would have thought that he would have messed up, um, Man, he was dad. He kept on telling me, I got this. This is good. I'm good. I'm good. So he <laughs> felt confident. He was confident going in there. He has been uh, ever since SummerSlam. And the more I see him step in the ring, 
the more I'm surprised on how uh, everything just flows naturally within him. You know, uh, it just he doesn't seem like a rookie to me, you know, um, and, and maybe because he's my son. But but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'll be I'll be picky with all the little minor details that I think he needs to improve. But overall, he's done incredible. And I'm so proud of him. Listen, uh, one of the things that I, I, I recognized right off the bat, it was when Dominic made his first appearance and he ran in and he beat, I mean, he he whooped them boys and then jumped over the rail and disappeared on them. I yeah. said right away that his energy was good. His energy didn't look like a rookie. It didn't look like a guy that was making a debut or showing up surprisingly. That was a moment where I knew, okay, his facial expression, the, the yep. way that he the, the way that he handled people, the way that he got away was like a seasoned veteran. So uh I don't worry about his in ring and all of that stuff. It's just the being prepared mentally for what comes so fast. Um being exposed to this world. You know, I, I want you to, Dominic, I'm just talking to you. I just want you to respect your mom and dad when you make your decisions because with money and fame and all of that stuff, like, um, it could it could be problematic. And yeah. I know you grew up around the business, so you know the failures of our business. And mm-hmm. just always keep that in mind when you make your decisions. Dave, you have some, some points. Yeah, no, but I I love the fact that you're giving uh, Dominic some advice because and and this is a question for you, Dominic, because I'm interested because obviously you know we see you on TV, but we really don't know you personally. I would guess by watching you in the ring that you're a patient person because it's unbelievable how patient you have been during this process. Are you a patient person or is that just what you've been able to do in the ring? Are you are or are you an impatient person personally outside the ring? I'm very impatient. I'm, I'm very impatient. If I if I uh, if I feel like I have the opportunity, or if I see that I can have something that day, or I can do something, I'll do it if possible. Because that's just that's just how I am. Um, but um, I've I've Mark. I I appreciate the advice. Um, I you know I have grown up in this business, but like I you know I'm still learning every day. Um, so I, I'm soaking in all the advice that I can. So I appreciate that. But yeah, I'm, I'm extremely impatient. <laughs> and Sometimes you would never you guess take that, advantage Mark. of that. Was, was no, that you Mark? wouldn't, you wouldn't. I was like, sometimes you got to take advantage of those moments when you say, okay, I'm, I'm impatient. I want to get it. Uh, there was a time that, um, and it's, it's in my top five favorite matches of all time. Uh, it wasn't on TV. It wasn't even in America. I wrestled your dad in a bullfight in arena in, in Spain. And <laughs> the, the, it just happened. Like, uh, I, every time I, tr- I had a match with your dad, I had trouble catching him. He's really fast. So <laughs> I'm trying to get him. I was, he's, he's dipping and dunk. And all of a sudden, I try to get him, and he dips under me and, and runs away. And the, crowd, the whole crowd, it's like 18,000 people. They all go, Ole. <laughs> and I was like, damn it, I, I look like that. a clown. And then I tried to get him again, and they went, 
And then Ray started acting like he had a a, a, a cape. And, yeah. and he said, come on. <laughs> I did it again. We did it for like five minutes. And the crowd was going nuts. Sometimes you got to take advantage of those moments when they come. And that's going to come from time. But so far, I've seen you do stuff that I know wasn't planned because of my eye. And use your instincts. You are doing unbelievably fine. And I hope that uh, you keep doing that, man. Like, I'm really impressed with you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hey, Mark, if we can if we can compare, you know, uh, going back to our first matches or even doing run-ins like Dominic did with Seth, you know, we were horrible. I mean, I know oh, I was. I, was. I, I know was. I was. It took me years to learn the process, you know, and that that's the kind of things that I compared to to Dominic's beginnings here in the ring. And, and that's what shocks me, how how fast and rapid he can pick up on things and display them in the ring. Is, is it is it because I think he watched so much and was there so much and we didn't have the opportunity to do that, I think? I'm, I'm not making excuses yeah. for uh, you and I, like the way I started. I know I was, when the first time I was told to do, go do a run-in and I was standing at that curtain, I, I, I could not breathe. Yeah. I probably and didn't breathe for five minutes. I was so scared. And, yeah. and, and I, I, once I ran down and I did what I was supposed to do and I got the reaction from the crowd, I felt like, oh, my God, I could breathe again. But then I felt like, well, what do I do now? <laughs> you know, like I was so scared. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Just sitting yeah, here think- thinking about it now. Dominic, did you, do, you, do you feel that way or, or, or is it just that? You've been around so much that you just know inherently what to do. Um, as far as you know, I'm 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 nervous all day when it comes to you know when it when I debuted on SummerSlam to the all the Raws that I've been doing. I'm nervous that Sunday coming in up to the Monday when I get there. But there's something about an hour before um, that I know that I have to be locked in. And my, my, I, it just kind of flips the switch for me. And I don't really, I don't really like freak out or get nervous. It's more of, I realize the task at hand and what I have to do to execute it. And that's, that's my main focus at that time. It's, it's funny because, uh, right now, Dominic was saying that he's, uh, he's not calm and he's very impulsive uh, but when it comes down to stepping in the ring, he's been very calm, very collective, and knows exactly what he needs to do, or at least in his mindset, until he gets uh, different directions. But overall, he he has this calm demeanor on him prior to stepping in the ring that I I have to ask myself, man, is this guy even nervous? Does is he even thinking about the match? Uh, you know, there's been many times that he's had to do a lot of changes on the fly. And you know about this, Mark. You know, you have you guys have four minutes for your match. Next thing you know, you're about to walk out. You're like, you have nine minutes. You got five more. <laughs> what? OK, what, what do I do now? Now, nah, he, he's very calm, doesn't trip, 
you know, and he goes out there and, and if there's five minutes extra that he needs to put in, he'll go ahead and, and put in. Um, the one thing that he's very good at is he's good at listening and following. So if there's somebody that can guide him, I'm sure that uh, he'll do much better than being on his own. Wow. I mean, and, and he's done it in a time too, you know, a Dominic, like where there's no fans. I mean, I know you, you, you know, right now you have the Thunderdome and there's, you know, the virtual fans are there, but there, you know, Mark was talking about how he got ease once he heard the reaction from the crowd. You've, you've kind of had to do that organically on your own because you don't really get that emotion from a live crowd. How difficult has that been for you? Um, it's definitely been uh, difficult because um, I, I, you know, I, I've, I feel like I'm, I missed out on that crowd for my debut, so that that was a little um, hard for me. But I, at the end of the day, I had to realize the situation we're in and the world we're living in yeah. in 2020. You know, it's it's a crazy one, and and you know, I'm just happy and blessed the fact that I was able to to debut at the Amway with. You know, I think it was the second the second time that they that they were introducing the Thunderdome because they had yeah. just done it that Friday for SmackDown. So I'm I'm just very happy for the opportunities. Yeah, I, when he when we talk about a real crowd, I can't wait for our world to go back to normal and have Dominic experience the reactions of live fans. He 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 felt something very similar when we did the angle with Brock and he, he made that run in at survivor series and hit Brock with the chair. We did a double six one nine. So that was just a teaser and he wasn't even wrestling yet. So could you imagine just the adrenaline that, that, uh, that we get Mark every time we step in the ring, you know, just to hear the ovation and the reaction of the fans, it just, it gives you, it gives you life. You turn to yeah. a different character. Yeah, I, I I can't wait for it as, as well. Um, I think that Dominic is there's got a great future ahead of him. Uh, one thing that I noticed, and and I I saw you in in Orlando uh, when I came there to do uh, a shot, and Dominic has gotten so big, and I I wonder um, what style. Uh, or how you're going to adopt some of the lucha style being a, a bigger guy. Um, I, I, you, everything you've done so far has been really crisp. Um, but I want to, I want to, um, there's, there's some things that, that you feel like will be more dangerous, you know, doing being that you're such a, a, a big guy. Yeah. Yes. And no. Um, because I've, I've tried, um, I've tried a lot of the lucha moves in training and um but it just depends so there's at, when I train there's a, there's guys bigger than me that are able to base me to into doing these moves but there's um I also realize that if I'm too big to do a move and it doesn't look clean or if I feel like it's if I'm going to butcher it then I I toss it I feel like there's no there's no need for me to force it into my repertoire um, so there, I don't, I don't really push for it, but I, I do try, I do try various things. And if I feel like it works, then I'll ask, I'll ask him and get his input on it. If he gives me the, okay, then, then we're, we're a go. 
there's there's a couple little moves that he's done in the past just in training that I tell him you got to pull that out in the ring and I don't know why he's been pushing those away because he 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 doesn't he's saving it paint. Yeah, he's saving it. He's saving it for the Dominic moment. He, like, listen, man, I ain't putting. Listen, I ain't putting that guy over. I'm doing. I'm, I'm saving that for me. Yeah. I get no, it. I, got, I get it. I've told, I've told him about four times to do it, and he goes, "Nah, why that one? Nah, I'll do another one." So he must be saving it for something special. But he's saving uh, it. Go. Besides his height, he's six six two, six one, six one, six one. Um, you know, he, he, he moves fairly agile for his height and his weight, yeah. but overall, I think that speed and velocity comes within time. When you get comfortable being inside that ring, you know, knowing yeah. how many steps you, you, it takes you from, to go from one rope to the other or one buckle to the other. And that's all with, with uh, time, but I'm sure he's going to pick up some of that speed eventually. And, and this is the, the, the thing. It's only been a little over a month, you know, since his debut match. And that's why I brought up patience. Like, I'm listening to Dominic talk, and it's almost like you're listening to a veteran because he's like, hey, you know, I'm doing this, but I'm not quite ready to do it, so I'll, I'll wait on that. That takes patience to have yeah. that kind of mindset. And, again, his debut match was just, just over a month ago. So it's, it's amazing listening to Dominic talk today. You know, Ray, we've been celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month all month long here on Busted Open. And we did, uh, on Wednesday, we did the top 10 greatest Hispanic wrestlers of all time. Mark had you at number one. Uh, Tommy oh. Dreamer had you at number one. Um, I mean, when you when you think of, I, I had you at number four, so I apologize for that. Um, Please but tell me who number one was. Who was your number I had, one? I, my, my three above you, I had um, El Santo. I had uh-huh. Carlos, Carlos Colon and Mel Mascaris. Yeah. Oh, that's so, good. That's I mean, good. I mean, that's great company, but, but yeah. when you, when you, they're hear, not good as Ray, but they was great. <laughs> <laughs> but Ray's not done yet. No, Ray's not, yeah. Ray's it, not done yet. So Dave, can I voice an opinion about, no. about the list now? Sure. I, iconically, when you see Santos, you say, okay, this is one of the founders, one of the godfathers of, yes. uh, of Lucha. Hispanic wrestling, of Lucha wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't deny that. But I see the same thing in Ron Simmons. I see the same thing in Bobo Brazil. I see the same thing in, um, God, uh, who was on my list? Uh I'm drawing a blank now, but Sailor R. Thomas was on your list. I know Sailor R. Thomas was on my list and and Jim Mitchell. Mm -hmm. I I can see that, but I cannot in all faith put them above the rock because of the transition of where the business went from when they started to where the business is now. Right. Right. Money, money wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the 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 responsibility of being a champion and carrying the load. Yeah, like Ray was able to do that for the Hispanic wrestler in a way that nobody else was able to do it, and it was a lot of it was opportunity. They yeah. those guys paved the way and gave us the opportunity, but we ran with it when we got it, and Ray was able to run with it in a way that no other Hispanic wrestler has been able, including Eddie Guerrero. 
Like yeah. as much as as much as I loved Eddie, um, and 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 what Eddie did for me, I told you what Eddie did for me. Right, right. Now, but now I have, I have but marketing a- wise and business wise, Ray is a international phenomenon. Like and, it's, and, it's, I mean, a world, the whole entire world. It's, yeah, it's crazy. And, and Mark, you mentioned Eddie. Uh, I truly think that once Eddie's passing, Eddie's passing happened, that that sent a lot of uh, direction towards me because of the connection we had and and the response from the fans. That was the opportunity that in a way Eddie gave me to become world champion and, you know, continue with this legacy that I've built, you know, uh, I don't know if, if Eddie wouldn't have passed, you know, things could have been very different, you know, and, and I hmm. truly think that that with Eddie's passing, you know, came that the next year, early next year, the rumble winning and then moving on to, to WrestleMania and becoming champion there, you know, that was all, there was a connection there between all of us. And uh, I truly believe that, that Eddie helped me take that next step to stardom. But I think too, Ray, when that we're having, you know, these shows, you know, top 10 greatest Hispanic wrestlers of all time. Like, I just think the rich tradition, if you're a fan of pro wrestling, you need to know the history of uh, Lucha Libre. You need to understand the influence that it has, how serious it is to the culture, you know, Lucha Libre. It's it's part of the culture. And I mean, here in the States, it's fun, it's entertaining, but, you know, with when you're talking about culturally how important Lucha Libre is and the fact that we have like so many great wrestlers to be able to talk about, I think is absolutely phenomenal for not just historians like me of pro wrestling, but just even the casual fan of pro wrestling. Right. Right. It's just such a beautiful history and and uh, and bonding within families over years since 19 since the 1930s with Lucha Libre and the evolution of it has been incredible. And uh, it's, it's just another life. The capes, the masks, um, you know, it's just it's it's a different, different world. And it hasn't changed much from when it started back in the 1930s. You know, it hasn't changed much. The only thing we've just been more colorful and uh, more catered to our to our fans. Ray, you you um, I hate to put you on the spot. And, you know, people always say, oh, man, why would you do that? You know, why would like, you do that? And, and you would go ahead. Thank you, Dave. Um, <laughs> I know that there's a bunch of wrestlers in that top 10 that you probably being the man that you are and as humble as you are, you would not put them in front of you, but Uh, give me your top three. And and, and I I know this is hard. I know it's hard to not put yourself first because you don't want to seem like an arrogant guy, but I'm saying the, the, the top three after you, because you know, you first, (laughs) <laughs> and, and if you say anything different, I'm we I'm coming out of retirement and we're gonna work again. But I'm s- after you, who is the next three guys? If you want to do some more Olays, Mark, go ahead, man. Come out of retirement. <laughs> I'm gonna sit my ass at home, bro. No, thank you. Now these are these three 
like my top three or yes, your your your, your three oh, top wrestlers. You see Hispanic it, wrestlers. For for me, uh one of the game changers in 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 my eyes, um, and I grew up watching, and you might not even know who he is, but locally he was he was one of the megastars. His name is Super Astro. And he was probably five one, five two, stocky. He looked like Mighty Mouse. That was the first guy that I saw doing the six one nine movement, and I I adapted it from him. Uh, and I believe the first one who created it was Tiger Mask. But Super Astro is my number one. Mil Mascaras and Santo. So wow. very similar to mine, Mark. I mean, I, there are no wrong answers. There's obviously no wrong answers in this, especially Except Ray. for yours, putting Ray behind those three. Uh, well, not I could have been Astro. at least number two. <laughs> <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen, Ray, you're, 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 you're top five. You're, I mean, forget about <laughs> even just Hispanic, you know, pro wrestlers of all time, even, even really like what's going on in the world of pro wrestling in general, you're one of the greatest of all time. Your first battle hall of fame. Yes. I mean, you're, you're unbelievable. And you said family and you are a family man. I have a 17 year old daughter. Okay. I've been watching raw every Monday night. I understand where you're coming from with your daughter. I mean, you know, it's 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 rough. This is this is tough times. I mean, I yes. I know if it was my the 17, you know, daddy's little girl. It I I I feel for you. What's going on right now? Each and every Monday night, Ray. Yeah, it's it's been crazy. Uh, um, from showing up on Raw for simply one reason that's to support Dominic and uh, to show the connection we had with that we have as a family. And now uh, disruption is, is amongst us, you know, and now we have to figure out anybody, anybody, yeah. but a wrestler, anybody. Yeah. And this yeah. Murphy's bad. news. This Murphy is bad news. Mark. He's bad news. Both Murphy and Rollins bad news. I know they're cooking something up, but uh, overall, um, you know, for me, it's it's been going back to reliving moments with CM Punk, and I brought my family out, and and CM Punk sang Aaliyah "Happy Birthday" from uh, the Eddie Guerrero angle when Dominic was seven years old. You know, all all of these moments, I'm getting the opportunity to relive them again now with my kids being teenagers and one an adult already. Well, we really thank you for the time, Ray. Always great having you on the show. You've been a friend of the wow. show and we really appreciate all your support. And again, to have you on, cause you are truly one of the greatest of all time in all of pro wrestling and Dominic, the, the, you know, the fact that we're saying rookie of the year and you've only been doing it for about six weeks is pretty, is pretty <laughs> incredible. Uh, yeah. you, uh, to debut at SummerSlam and have the type of match that you had. And I talk about this, not just with Mark, but with bully Ray and Tommy dreamer on this show as well. You're one of the must-see people each and every Monday night on Raw. I mean, the story that you're telling right now, to me, is the best story that's going on Monday night. So thank you for, for joining us today, and thank you so much for everything. And good luck and congratulations, seriously. 
Thank Most you. Thank you guys. very much. I, I appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you. Thank you very much and, as and well. Dominic, and yes. Don't let people rush you on muscling up your body. Take time. Do it slowly. Do it correctly. And if you have any questions, you call me. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that, Mark. Thank you very much. And as well, if you ever have anything that to critique Dominic on, please, please, we're, we're open ears. We love feedback, positive or negative. That's going to make him a better athlete. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 